wonderful girl. Either I'm going to kill her or I'm beginning to like her. Han Solo, Star Wars A New Hope. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We are talking today about yet another plot-wide structure that relies very heavily on foreshadowing. The enemies to lovers. This particular trope or plot progression really relies on foreshadowing at the beginning to make sure that the lovers part makes sense and feels right by the end because they should start out as enemies. In the case of our quote at the beginning of the episode, we are talking about a side plot of enemies to lovers that is between Han and Leia. But you can have this throughout your main characters. You can have it as a very small side plot. You can have it somewhere in between. Whatever it is, there's lots of fun foreshadowing that you can use to make this whole arc engaging and interesting. When you are carrying out this kind of plot point, there are usually four different steps that need to occur within the story to make it feel right. And you can foreshadow to each one of these, and each one of these, especially the progression to the next one, signifies a foreshadowing to how it's going to end. So the four steps are enemies, reluctant allies, friends, and then finally lovers. You mean it's not, oh, we hate each other, you're hot, so let's fall in love? No. That is one of the biggest complaints that a lot of readers have about this plot structure, is that by chapter three, they're in love. That's not the type of story that we're talking about today. Each section, each transition is a key part of the story as a whole, where they end in love, even though they start on opposite sides of a conflict. So when they are enemies, you have to show them as enemies. They are actively trying to kill each other, steal from each other, make each other miserable. It is an active part of their story in the beginning. So some popular frameworks for that would be the thief and the princess, where they're on opposite sides socially. They have opposite ideas about how the world should run. They have paradigms in their head of how the other character is and should be versus what they are. I want to say a good representation of this would actually be in Tangled, where you have Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. They're not the at-each-other's-throats kind of enemies, but they are definitely, at the beginning, not friends. They are not allies. And even when they do kind of become reluctant allies, Flynn is still doing everything he can to sabotage her goal so that he can just go back and get the crown. The main thing you want to avoid during this phase is ambivalence. Because that hatred can turn to love, but ambivalence will kind of just end up looking like gaslighting at the end. Now, while you are enemies, you absolutely can and should start planting the seeds of the eventual romance. They can recognize that the other person has features that are physically attractive, but they don't want to say it and it is not really part of their character to acknowledge like, oh, he's so hot. Instead, they're going to do things like make fun of each other, saying, oh, yeah, that Captain America jawline is just so great and just not mean it at all. But recognizing and acknowledging, okay, you do have a Captain America jawline. Even Han Solo calls Leia princess. He says it as a pejorative because he's a smuggler. She's a huge part of this rebellion, but he still calls her what could be an affectionate term in a negative way that eventually turns positive. 
oftentimes the reason why they are enemies is because they see each other as an other. Society has kept them apart. Romeo and Juliet, those are the Montagues, those are the Capulets. We can't approach each other because they are different. They are other. The society is putting them against each other and demands that they fight. So that is a very good way to set it up. As they become the reluctant allies, they can start to understand each other and realize that what society has told them about the other is incorrect. Now, there are a few ways to start with this reluctant allies. And one of the major ways that you see a lot of times is the shared goal of, hey, I'm headed to the capital and I have a bounty on my head. You're a bounty hunter. So even though we are on opposite sides of this, you're trying to capture me. We're both still trying to survive until we can get to the capital. So they aren't working with each other and one is still very much trying to capture the other, but they're working together reluctantly because the problems that they're facing along the road are much bigger than having to deal with each other temporarily. Overall, when you have them finally working together towards a shared goal, you need to give them opportunities to build trust in each other. And it starts to break down the reluctance as they start to trust each other and get to know each other. Lee, one of her favorite ways to do this, if she ever writes in Enemies to Lovers, is through combat itself. This is Han and Leia both working together against the Empire. And there is an inherent trust that you have to have in an ally during combat. You have to trust that they are going to help you, that they are going to have your back, and that they aren't going to turn on you if things get ugly. Through the combat, through fighting, through dealing with these difficult external forces, they are forced to work with each other more closely and more intimately than they would otherwise. And during this reluctant allies phase, there's a mockery of each other that becomes less and less cruel-hearted and a little more playful. There's a lot of subtext of, I bet he sleeps around a lot, and the subtext being, he's very good in bed. Those kinds of things where even though you're saying on the surface unkind things to each other, you're still implying something that you like about the other person. So all those things that they were mocking at the beginning, especially of those physically attractive features, now it starts to twist a little bit to less biting and more playful. And that helps lead into the next phase, which is the friends, where they become more than reluctant allies. They have started to trust each other. They have started to open up with each other. And now they can actually start working together because they want to. Often those trials that they face together will be followed up with a scene where they explain a little bit about themselves. Here's some of my backstory. Here is why I'm afraid of the color blue or whatever. In this structure especially, it's important to make sure you don't reveal too much of the backstory ahead of time because revealing backstory to each other humanizes the other and gets them on each other's side. Well, I will protect you from dogs if you're afraid of dogs. And then they start to take each other's personal goals and work towards them themselves. So if Lee's goal was avenging her brother, during the friendship stage, I would be like, cool, I will help you avenge your brother. We are now actively working towards the same outcomes, 
not just because we have a common interest, but because I want to help you with your separate interest. And there's also a missing piece in each of each other's lives that can only be fulfilled by the other person. So I have hit a dead end with my mother's murder. And you happen to have cops in law enforcement as some of your good friends. You are the missing piece to get me the information I need so I can discover who murdered my mom. Oftentimes during this stage, the characters will also accomplish a goal they originally set out to achieve, such as finally getting their bounty to turn it in, but they find themselves feeling hollow, feeling empty anyway, because they realize that that goal was not the right one. Tangled is another good example of this, where here's the crown, take it and go, because this is what you wanted all along. And even though it's very obvious when he set out on this adventure, this was his goal all along, he realizes he doesn't want that anymore. All of those feelings that we talked about at the very beginning that your characters had for each other, the annoyance, the hatred, the mockery, morph into their more affectionate equivalents. So the annoyance becomes admiration. That annoyingly heroic jawline becomes, it's kind of sexy. The mockery becomes a playful teasing. The hatred, this is where it finally starts to morph into love. And the characters become lovers, our final step. And everyone just lives happily ever after, right? No. At this stage, they have to test that love. There has to be something that they face that challenges how they've changed. And they have to determine whether or not they have really changed. Anastasia and Dimitri, where he gets the bounty, he gets to leave. She finds out about it. She's not happy about it. When he finds out that she might be in danger, he rushes back to help her out. And then, of course, they declare love for each other. This is where they finally get to admit and realize and act upon those feelings that you have foreshadowed from the beginning. As they work through this, as they test out their loyalty and their newfound feelings, when those characters finally accept it and act on those, then they can declare that love and they can be together. And they, it's that happily ever after kind of ending. They conquer whatever kept them apart. They conquer the bad guy. They defeat the society that told them they couldn't be together. Or in a case of a tragedy, Romeo and Juliet, they just die. This does not mean that either character fully goes onto the other character's point of view. They've met somewhere in the middle. The lawful good and the chaotic good are both neutral good now. They've found a middle ground. They've both become better and wiser for each other's influence, but it's not like they both agree that she was right all along. They should have helped each other grow and they love each other all the more for it. Overall, this kind of storytelling takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planting of seeds throughout the story so that it plays out correctly in the way that most readers want it to. Enemies to Lovers has to be a slow burn that takes place over the entire book before they finally hit that lover's stage. But it's one that can be a lot of fun. People do love this trope if it is carried out correctly. And you can do that if you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 